0: Should Bryce Witt be allowed to play in the HBCU Legacy Bowl? We take a look at the MEAC Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, and Tennessee State just renovated their weight room. Oh yeah, this is Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And of course, I am your gracious host, Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, a Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. And today's episode is going to kick off with a topic that I think is Pretty interesting. It's probably the first time I've had a controversial or really an opinion piece type of topic on here. So I'm excited to do it, honestly. I'm excited to bring it to you guys. And there's been some controversy around the eligibility or whether he should be allowed or if it's even okay. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But it's a question of should it happen? And that's Bryce Witt playing in the HBCU Legacy Bowl. and. Because this is my first time having a controversial topic and I have an opinion on it. I don't want to be a milk toast, and that is your word of the day. I didn't do yesterday's because I thought it was utterly ridiculous. It, yesterday's word was more ridiculous than saying I'm not a milk toast sounds. And I know that sounded ridiculous, but it was even more ridiculous. I hated the word, so I just didn't use it that day. However, I wanted to get into this one because my side of it is a no. He should not. And it is a strong no. It's not just a, nah, I don't know. It's a no, firm. I do not believe that Bryce Witt should play in the Legacy Bowl, but it's the HBCU Legacy Bowl. And that HBCU part is really the driving force on why I don't think he should play. But we'll get back into that because I want to give the reasons that people feel like he should play. And Bryce Witt is a baller, an absolute baller. He is the CIAA. Offensive player of the year, and that might strike a bell with you because we've talked about Bowie State, the school that made it to the quarterfinals in the D2 playoffs, and they play in the the CIAA. So obviously, you know, they're playing these HBCUs and whatnot, and I'm trying not to give anything away. However, Bryce Witt is an absolute ball. There's no question about that because he's had 99 touchdowns. That ranks third. I'm talking about over his career, not not this year. He he had 99 touchdowns this year. It'd be like, oh my god, like why isn't why isn't Chowin in in the Super Bowl like <laughs> not even the, the the college football playoffs. This man has 99 touchdowns in a year. Somebody needs to sign him stats. You know what I'm saying? My my Saints could use him right now if he had 99 touchdowns from the quarterback position in a singular season. But he's had 99 over the course of his career, which would rank third amongst all CIA quarterbacks who have played since 2010. So the dude is a baller, up for the Harlan Hill, which is essentially like the D2 MVP. He's up for the Harlan Hill trophy. The guy can play 100%. I would never doubt his ability on the field or that he hasn't played his way into being eligible for this. This isn't this isn't about how he plays. And playing in the CIA, you would think that those stats would make him a no-brainer. You had the third most amount of touchdowns through a career since 2010. Sign me up immediately. However, this is my reason. And some people think it's because of his race. And let's clear that up right now. It has absolutely zero to do with his race. He is a white guy. I didn't even mention this to start because I didn't feel like it was important to start. I didn't want to dilute anything. It is important within the topic, but not to start off with because that's the lead. That's what you're, what you're hearing. However, he's a white guy, so... Yes, seeing a, a a a white quarterback out there on an HBCU Legacy Bowl might might make you double take. I'll I'll be fair, you know. I think that's that's reasonable. It might what oh, but you'll get over it. HBCUs are not exclusively black schools, so the HBCU Legacy Bowl does not need to be exclusively black either. I would have absolutely nothing to say if Ryan Stanley. He's not there anymore, but if Ryan Stanley, the former quarterback for Florida A and M. Was in this bowl. I would have absolutely nothing to say. He's a white guy. But he plays for FAMU. Chowin. Which Derek, Or excuse me. Bryce Witt plays for. Is not a historically black college university. It is not. So when I look at it. It's not about the black part. It's about the black college part. So don't emphasize the B. Emphasize the BC in HBCU. That's what that that's what I'm focused on. I don't care that Shaolin has a either majority or near majority of black population. I think uh, black students are the majority on that pop on that campus. That doesn't matter. I, I don't care. You're not an HBCU. I don't care if you have 90 percent black people on your on your campus. You're not an HBCU. So it has absolutely nothing to do with with as a player. It has everything to do with the institution he's representing because I don't care if you're in the CIAA, the CIAA, excuse me. You are not an HBCU. The MiAC has discussed adding schools to the conference because they only have five football teams right now. They discussed it before averaging or excuse me, adding more teams that aren't HBCUs. They don't know if they're going to do it, but they have discussed it. So let's just hypothetically say that Alabama joins the MiAC. Should Bryce Young be able to play in the HBCU Legacy Bowl? No, he shouldn't. It's really simple. Don't, okay, Alabama's Alabama. They're going to get no disregard. Let's bring one of those, I don't know, Coastal Carolina or Kansas. I know Kansas is a Power 5 school, but anybody check checking for Kansas? Coastal Carolina. Should they be allowed to play in the HBCU Legacy Bowl? Should those players be allowed there? No. Because it's not about who you're affiliated with. It's about what are you? What do you represent? Are you an HBCU? If Bryce Witt were to go into the league and became the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Talking about greatest, Whoever you think your GOAT is. And he was better than that. Would you say that the GOAT came from an HBCU? You wouldn't. You would not. You would not be able to because that would be a lie. Look, I went to Texas Southern. You know how many times I heard that UH is an HBCU, always from UH students. But UH is an HBCU because they were across the street and it was like family. Those were those like cousins. And yes, yeah, Kiki laughing, but they're not. They're not an HBCU. You wouldn't be able to play there. I don't care how many black people are there. And I don't know the black percentage at, at Houston, so don't fact check that. That's not the point here. The point is, no matter how close, whether that's across the street or that's across the conference, you are not an HBCU, so you should not be able to be there. I'm going to read to you exactly what the HBCU Legacy Bowl, if you go to their website and look in the About section, this is what it's about. The HBCU Legacy Bowl, presented by the Black College Football Hall of Fame, is a postseason all-star game showcasing the best NFL draft-eligible football players, From historically black colleges and universities. It will be broadcast live on NFL Network. More than a football game. The week long celebration of black culture and history. Will provide invaluable exposure. For HBCU students. The only time that black was not. Accompanied by historically. College and university. The only time that that happened was when talking about the culture. This is not for people who are near hbcus this is for hbcus so to put any player that is not from an hbcu in a showcase meant to shine light on players from those type of schools just does not make sense and once again this is not an attack at bryce witt he is a talented player and deserves to have a showcase however you can go get showcased elsewhere you can go get those this is specifically for this group of people and no i do not mean black I mean HBCU students. It's very firm. He should not be allowed to be a part of a legacy bowl. Excuse me. I'll make about all of them. Let's just make a blanket statement: No players from Chowan or any other university that are within a conference with HBCUs, but are not HBCUs, none of those schools. So let's talk about Chowan. No player from Chowan should be allowed to play in a bowl to build on the legacy that he. Or they will never and can never be a part of. It is that simple. I don't think it's hard to understand. I'll ask you a simple question to drive it home. Should a non-HBCU player play in a bowl game dedicated to HBCU teams? And I'll leave you with that thought before we go into a player that actually will be in that bowl game. in Jawan Carter. And we'll be talking about, oh man, I done spoiled it for you guys. I done spoiled it for you guys. Oh well. But we'll talk about Jawan Carter and whoever the defensive player of the year out of the MIAC is as we continue on with Locked On HBCU. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard of PrizePix? PrizePix? is daily fantasy made easy is something that I love, and I'm sure you will too. PrizePix is the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world. They got players from power fives, mid-major players, and even players you never even heard of. Maybe you might find Bryce Witt on there like we just discussed. We'll see. Prize picks offers any prop that you could think of: yardage, touchdowns, interceptions thrown. It does not matter. So, if you want a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can pick between two to five players due to over/under projections. Win 10 times the the entry that you had. It's you versus the numbers, so you ain't really competing with nobody but your brain. Prize Picks gives you mixed sports entries, so maybe you want to take the Bryce Witt over on yards. However, you want to take the, I don't know, LeBron James under on assist. Something like that on the same ticket, you can do that. Use the award-winning app, App Store, Google Play Store, wherever you get it. Get it done in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Make sure you go to prizepicks.com or go to the app and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Prizepicks. Daily Fantasy. Made easy. All right, family, as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're going to be talking about, I already gave the spoiler up. That kind of happened to me earlier today when I was looking at, before I had watched um, Power Book 2, I saw a spoiler on Instagram. I was hurt. But hopefully you're not as hurt as I was because I did give a spoiler, but whatever it is what it is, we're going to be talking about the offensive and defensive player of the years out of the SWAC. And number one, let's go ahead and get to it because said Jawan Carter out of Norfolk State, the quarterback. This guy is a no-brainer because he has been on fire all year. As expected, I don't think this was even a doubt. You look at people, who's going to be the offensive player of the year? They knew who it was. They knew it was going to be Carter because he has been an absolute stud and one of the best players in the nation. That's why it's not a question because when you have these players who are in these conferences, whether that's SWAC, MIAc, S-I-A-C, or the CIAc, excuse me, it just sounds weird when you say it with the letters, but um, C-I-A-A, it doesn't matter. When you have guys who transcend the conference and you start talking about within the nation, with, within their subdivision, of course, and the people who are within the nation are starting to ball out and they're on that level, you already know who it's going to be. So when you have a guy like Jawan Carter He's getting FCS praise. You knew he was going to be the offensive player of the year. There was no doubt about it. And I, I, before I did the topic, I knew who it was going to be. So let's look at what he did this year in order to garner this respect. Like I said, he was already one of the best players in the country as far as FCS goes, not just within the MIAC. So if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I detailed just how prolific that Spartan offense is. And how good they've been. I talked about just the rankings and reviewing the Miyak. He's the leader of that locomotive. He's the one that keeps that thing chugging, okay? And when I look at it, if you're gonna be the leader of the most prolific offense within the conference, you're of course going to be the offensive player of the year. I don't and it, it was a it was a good offense. So it's not just like, oh, you're the best of the worst. No, this was a good offense. And it, that's what makes it a no-brainer. It's a quarterback league, it's a quarterback sport. And in his first year on the Dawson Odoms, Carter was every single bit of the player that people expected him to be. MIAC offensive player of the week four times. There's not that many seasons. I mean, that many weeks. The MIAC don't play that many games. You know, they only have five conference games. So you add that with a couple of non-conference opponents, you're not playing that many games. Uh, he was he was totaling out at 2900 yards. Some of that is on the ground, about nearly 400 is that of that is on the ground. 27 touchdowns, 6 of those on the on the ground. And then you have 63.8 completion percentage with a 150.4 pass efficiency. So I want to I want to point out those last two because 63.8, nearly 64 let's just round it up. 64% completion, pass efficiency 150. So a lot of times you look at these quarterbacks and when you group the yards together and you group the touchdowns together, you think that, well, they, they're heavy runners. Yeah, he runs a little bit and he got six touchdowns on the ground. But I did that because I just didn't feel like listing out specifically rushing and passing. But let's not get it twisted. The majority of his yards, and when I say majority, it's a no-brainer, but 2,500 of his yards of that 2,900 come through the ground, I mean through the air. 21 of those touchdowns at the 27 come through the air. You look at the completion percentage he had, you look at the pass efficiency that he had, and it'll tell you right there that this is a good quarterback. So let's not get it twisted. Though he can run, he can also sling the rock all day, every day. And for most most of the season, he was one of the top 25 in efficiency, passing touchdowns, points responsible for, yards per completion and yards per game. Like I said earlier when starting off talking about Mr. Carter. He is not only one of the best players within the Miac; he is one of the best players within the whole FCS. Now let's get into one of the best players within the Miac on the defensive side of the ball. And that is the Kobe Durant. Defensive player of the year, defensive back out of South Carolina State. And he made his biggest statement of the year when he intercepted two passes against Clemson. And those are the type of games that you want to put your best foot forward because... Yeah, there's scouts who aren't going to look at the South Carolina State versus Norfolk game, there's just going to be guys who miss you there. However, there's going to be a whole lot of scouts who are watching every single Clemson game. It's not about looking for Clemson facing South Carolina State, but they're watching every single Clemson game. Maybe they want to see my guy DJ Ubi. Maybe they want to see Justin Ross. You know, those players are, are always going to be looked at, So when you have a chance to go against one of these teams, oh, yeah, you got to show out because it's it's a level of competition that scouts look at as, oh, you can play with the big boys. So when Durant gets two interceptions against the big boys, now it's a really big deal. And the first one was, it was cool because he was able to show, it was a tip screen pass, and he was able to show how he could react and quickly show or quickly react, I should say, to a tip pass that's, fairly up in the in the line of scrimmage and he can run up and get underneath it and catch it. But his second one was the one that I liked because it showed his ability to track the ball downfield on a deep pass. This was on the backup quarterback. However, looking at the skill set, that's what's important. And that skill set, he caught it over the shoulder, you would have thought he was a receiver. You would have thought he was the receiver and it was intended for him because it was that silky of a catch. It was a truthfully impressive thing. And you would have thought that after having a two interception performance on that kind of stage that these other quarterbacks would stop testing them. But it didn't happen. It just did not happen. For some reason, people still thought it was sweet, still tried to test them, and they paid for it. Um, He only added one more interception on a year to his total, ending him with three, and he was still topping in the, in the Mi'ak second, I believe, in the MiAC in interceptions. However, when they kept going at him, it wasn't like if he's not picking it off, he's catching it. This is the guy who had 14 passes defensed. So you come in his way, you're not, you not getting many completions. A true lockdown corner for South Carolina State. And these skill sets that I'm telling you about are the reason why you'll be seeing him in the East-West Shrine game. But before we even see him there, we'll be seeing him in a celebration bowl. Which is South Carolina State versus Jackson State. And something that we'll really get into next week as we prepare for the game going forward. But as we continue with today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're going to be talking about the new weight room in why I think it's kind of a bigger deal than some who are farther away would really recognize. And I'm gonna tell you why that is. But first want gonna tell you about Bet Online. Because Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Because football season's getting into the playoffs. Maybe you wanna maybe you wanna get a little bet on Jackson State versus South Carolina State. Put your money down. Who you got? You got Deion Sanders, or you got the Mia coach this coach of the year versus coach of the year. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can go to the desktop or if you're on your phone, like I know you probably listen to this podcast right now, go ahead and go to the mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. Make sure you use that, this L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. You can do basketball, football, NHL. I don't care if it's UFC or boxing. Maybe you want to put your money on tank this weekend or last weekend. that just passed and you got a lot of money out of that. Or if you just want to play some casino games, that's cool too. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in this 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It's the holiday season, so grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar and even better than some of them. Built bars filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in all the calories, sugar, net carbs, fat. But always high in the protein. So you can get the best of both worlds. And it's delicious and healthy. So many flavors that you should never even try to choose. Just get the whole lot. Get them all okay. And Built Bar give you that extra fuel when you're trying to go get them holiday gifts. You know you got them kids who want 27 things. And you're like man I'll go through them all. I'll get it. Get you a Built Bar. Get you a snack when you're standing in line. Because these are one of those things that everybody loves. And you say your favorite flavor and they try to get it from you. Just tell people. Tell Santa. To put this in your stocking. And when they do, giving this pro tip from me. Use the Built Bar and dip it into a piping hot cup of hot chocolate. And it'll melt it. It'll give the beverage a little bit of flavor. All of that good stuff. And if you like those marshmallowy treats, get you a Built Bar Puff. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy, through and through. Got different flavors covered in chocolate. But still that protein that you know you gotta have. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your offer. That's go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. All right, as we wrap up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're going to discuss Tennessee State's renovations to their weight room and what it really is means because I'm not about to sit here and tell you how many bench presses that they've added, how many squat racks that they've added, how many dumbbells they have in there. I'm not about to do that and give you a whole itinerary of what's in their weight room. That's not what we're here to discuss. That's you can go look at that on pictures. But what I am here to discuss is just how important it is because when Eddie George came in, he said his first objective was to do a full evaluation of the football program and identify its needs. So when people hear that, they might think that he's talking about getting the right players in. And he is. But he's also discussing building a culture, develop that culture. And part of that is things that coaches can't control, such as fan buy-in or crowd engagement in the environment around. That's not on them. So we're not going to really discuss that. Obviously, winning brings fans. But other than that, that's not really their role. What we're talking about when we're discussing culture is – players that are there the coaches that are there having leadership within the locker room with having leadership within the coaching ranks things that roll over that's what we're talking about when we say culture things that every recruiting class it keeps coming in coming in coming in that's what you get things that help you recruit because this is who tennessee tennessee state is that's who that's what culture is that's who we are right and one one part of that is the preparation That goes into the week, the facilities, the weight room. It's those type of things. And trust me, I know about funding for HBCUs being limited because I went to I went to a school and the softball team, they couldn't have nowhere to practice. That was by the campus, let alone on the campus. They couldn't play at a stadium of their own. They had to play at a baseball diamond that was part of a bigger park, you know, and I I know they didn't they hated that. They absolutely hated that. I, I spoke to them and they hated that. So I understand that funding is limited and it will show at facilities. And it's one thing when you're in a SWAC or the MEAC or the CIA or the CAC. everybody has these struggles. So it's one thing when, when that's the case because you're kind of within like a bubble or like, I do not explain it, but it's weird because you're amongst a pack and everybody's struggling with the same things, the same restrictions, the same lack of funding. So it's different. But understand that these schools want to be able to compete with the best of the best within the FCS. So when you want to compete within the FCS, you're going to be going up against people who are well-funded. North Dakota State is well-funded. Texas Southern is not. And it's one of those things that It's no fault of the players. It just is what it is. So now imagine you're one of those schools like North Carolina A&T is now since they've left the MEAC or Tennessee State is. You deal with this on a weekly basis. They don't have that bubble. So they're competing with teams with better facilities year round. And I'm not trying to say it's an end all be all, but it is a disadvantage. And that's the reason that Tennessee State has renovated their weight room. It's a big deal because now it's kind of like you're narrowing the competitive gap, so to speak. And leveling the playing field. Your teams can, can prepare in the same way. And I know that might seem minor to somebody who's not playing, but it does play a part in everything because your preparation throughout the week affects how you're gonna play then. And it might seem like, oh, well, you got weights, lift them. And yeah. It does, it it, it kind of is that simple, I guess, if you want to just oversimplify it. But I think that would be doing a disservice to how important these preparation and these facilities truthfully are. These players and these teams deserve the best of the best. However, they're just not getting funding for it. So when you see a team like Tennessee State, who is now getting funding and is doing everything that they need to do to try to narrow the gap and level the playing field, I think it is something that needed to be discussed on today's episode. But thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On Bets. You know, Locked On Bets, that's your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. is free and available on all platforms just like myself. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on that blue app at South Exclusives on Twitter. Until the next time we hear each other, family, take care and stay blessed. Peace.